today's episode, we are talking about fitness companies and how they've been able to adapt to the at-home workout explosion that's taken place during the pandemic. Rogue has added 200 employees. They're going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're churning about 300,000 pounds of U.S. steel products a day. From Yahoo Finance, this is A World Interrupted. I'm Alex Sugg. Okay, I am here with Ethan Wolfman returning to the podcast. Thanks for being on, man. So it's great to be here. Definitely. Well, well, today we're talking about getting swole at home. We're talking about at-home fitness that has seen quite the boom since the quarantine has really taken place from the coronavirus. And you've written, you've written a story about this, and I want to talk about it. But first, I want to ask, are you doing any at-home workouts yourself? Well, it's funny. I I am. The the thing about this whole experience is, you know, we're spending so much more time at home, pretty much uh, almost all of our time. And, you know, if you happen to have any sort of equipment, it's right there all the time. And I think that's been an interesting aspect to this, that if you have the motivation, some of those barriers are down without the commuting time, without the, you know, going to a gym versus, having something right next to you, like a pull-up bar or even just you know, the floor for push-ups that has the potential to change your behavior. Now, that's absolutely not uh, for everybody because right now it's it's hard for a lot of people to find motivation. I've been talking to a lot of my friends and and folks online about, about working out right now. It's obviously something that's probably a healthy thing to do, to try to sweat, to try to do something to break up the, the you know, the lockdown, but but that is something that, is, that has been difficult, I think, for a lot of people to kind of break the inertia and actually do something. But I have managed to do so, I think, just because of 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 chance. I happened to buy a, a kettlebell right before this 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 quarantine situation, and right before this massive supply and demand craziness came to the entire weight industry. So I got very lucky that I've had. You kind of been using this time to start a new program. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I have only been doing it because I have a coworker and we slack each other, checking in and making sure the other does their push-ups. So uh, we have a, an accountability partner for my <laughs> my fitness at home. <laughs> but that's really key. I mean, there's a, there's a it's funny that a lot of people who, you know, you might go around in the world and hear people talking about fitness things and roll your eyes and very understandably, but I think a lot of times what people are doing when they do that stuff is 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 this accountability thing externalizing it so that if they, you know, making sure it's a part of their life that they, they can't just completely ignore. Yes, it would be maybe better if everybody just gets, you know, super fit uh, without saying anything, but oftentimes that's not possible. <laughs> right. That would be much better, but not happening anytime soon. So speaking of kettlebells, that's a lot of what your story was about. And let's get into that. Like what, what exactly happened? There was this massive weight shortage and you spoke to some of the people at Rogue Fitness. Just tell me, give me a broad overview. What, what exactly happened? So the entire situation, obviously all the gyms are closed in, you know, New York where we live. And obviously, in many of the states that have stay-at-home orders, gym is obviously something that's a place that's extremely bad if there's anything contagious. Everybody touches everything. Everybody's sweating and gross. And you know, most people don't have home gyms. They're expensive. They're you know, they take up a lot of space. But a lot of people are into things like dumbbells and kettlebells. And kettlebells, in particular, you can have a lot of weight on them pretty easily. You know, I have a kettlebell that's 70 pounds, and that's something that takes up about 
you know, I don't know, 10, you know, 10 inches by 10 inches, you know, hundred square inches or something like that. It's really efficient. It can be tucked under something. And so people who have any desire to do things at home, especially if they can't go to a gym, this is something that's really, really useful. It's also something that's been popularized by the CrossFit movement, which I think, uh, you know, most people probably heard about. And because of this, this efficiency and, and kind of both in terms of the workout and in terms of having them. And so we had this huge supply uh, demand issue because people wanting are wanting to buy this stuff for their home, uh, maybe their CrossFit gym or box or whatever it's called, or their regular gym is closed. They don't have anything. And so what they do is they try to get kettlebells. Well, unfortunately, everybody tried to do this at the same time and they are just massively sold out everywhere. And you can see on some places where the whole supply and demand market on on you know smaller inventory like eBay, some of those prices are just insane. You can still find a kettlebell if you're willing to pay, you know, many times over what they usually cost. Generally, they're about a dollar a pound, maybe a dollar twenty-five a pound. So you know, a fifty-dollar kettlebell is probably around you know sixty bucks or fifty bucks plus shipping, which is obviously huge because they're really heavy. <laughs> but you know, you'll see those for for two hundred dollars, which is just it makes like cast iron as <laughs> from an investment standpoint. Uh, if you had invested in cast iron kettlebells at the beginning of this thing, you'd have doubled your money. That's pretty good, you know. But yeah. But so we're seeing a lot of that. At the same time, you know, companies who make kettlebells like Rogue or Rep Fitness or or Cap, they are completely sold out. You cannot find this stuff just normally in stock unless you're willing to or capable of lifting something that's like, a, I think there's, they have 100, 126 pounds and up in stock. I don't really know anyone who lifts those <laughs> or does anything with them <laughs> right. because that's just crazy heavy. But, you know, that's the, that's the kind of push. I, I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of the shipping delays for stuff that's even in stock going out, you know, two to three weeks. It's really, really tough to get stuff both from inventory and just logistics. And, and I was talking with with them about how they're you know making things and they've added uh, this is rogue i'm talking about rogue has added you know 200 employees they're going 24 hours a day seven days a week usually they go they go five days a week and they're they're churning about 300,000 pounds of u.s steel products a day which is just crazy especially you know this is with full social distancing practices in order it's a really interesting you know, supply chain problems that they've been having to solve. They've spun up all these domestic foundries to to cast kettlebells. That's something that that traditionally they've used China for and 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 bought them on containers of them and had them shipped because a lot of U.S. Uh, foundries aren't interested in things uh, and projects like that. But you know, if you think about where did the coronavirus start? It started in China in Asia, and so that that really messed up that end of the supply chain. Uh, now the U.S. end of the supply chain is pretty messed up because of, you know, the lockdown and and so that's sort of made this huge supply shock. And so you have this demand shock of everyone wanting this stuff and the supply shock of not enough, and it's really caught the industry on the back foot. But they're they're trying to get everybody what, what they need. Yeah, yeah. Rogue is an interesting brand. I've I've known about Rogue for years and years, and I've always respected their ability to be creative pretty quick. I imagine that they're they're hustling just like any other brand is hustling right now, but they've always been able to kind of 
do weird stuff like this and make things happen. I know a lot with the CrossFit games, they're able to turn a lot of these crazy things into actual products that they sell pretty quickly after the CrossFit games air, things like that, that are like really innovative and quick. So I think they're a great example of innovation in this time and space. Yeah, they're. I think they're a really a really cool company. They seem to have have very strong ethics, and they've been doing a lot of kind of social work around the outbreak. I think and donating things. They have a big page on their website about about what they're doing for for COVID nineteen, and, and I think that you know they'd like to make everything in the U.S. I think, but it's just not possible for for certain things. We'll see at the end of this what what stays in the U.S. and what kind of reverts to China. I, I think it's really hard. It's really hard to make stuff in the U.S. You know, they said that a lot of the kettlebells that they're having U.S. foundries make are are essentially breaking even. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not making any money off that stuff. They're just doing it to make sure that, you know, they're servicing the needs of their customers who maybe are buying other things or, you know, at least, you know, keeping them in the game. But you know, you you wonder what the lasting effects to to this, these supply chains will be. But an interesting thing about this is they're just you know we're talking about actual weight. I mean, you can measure this stuff in pounds. This is why you know the, the figure they gave me was you know three hundred hundred thousand pounds, not you know x number of project, pro, products or widgets. It makes it kind of easy to, to think about you know that in terms of shipping cost because it's all weight based. But when it's all weight based. It just makes everything expensive and difficult. I mean, there's no getting around. You, you know, it's all just raw materials. I mean, there, there's obviously casting is difficult and finishing is difficult for certain project products because they're big and and unwieldy. But it's also just like that's a lot of raw materials if you think about it in terms of pure steel. So I, I don't really know what they're going to end up doing. They did tell me that they they want to make sure that they never get you know surprised again by by a big demand thing. Although I, I got, you got to hand it to them. They've really done a good job adapting their company quickly to, to deal with, to deal with just this, this crazy demand. Right. Yeah. I, I'm curious too. And you might, you might not know the answer to this because you've really uh, dove headfirst into the kettlebell and what Rogue's doing and like weight based things. But I'm curious if we've seen any sort of sizable uptick in like resistance training things. So like bands and other things or like yoga or even like Peloton, you know, one of our coworkers, Stephanie, her and her husband, they like finally just pulled the trigger to buy a Peloton because, Hey, there's never a better time than right now to get one of these. Um, all that stuff. I think so. You know, for at least anecdotally, what I've heard is, is a lot of people doing online classes and especially for yoga stuff, I imagine the same is true with resistance bands. I know Peloton's been selling a lot of bikes, other indoor-based fitness things. I, I just think called a Zwift, which is I essentially set my road bike up on a on a trainer, making making it a stationary bike, and and use that platform. I know they've just seen a absolute explosion of activity on that platform, and and I think this is. This could have the potential to change some of the, you know, home fitness behavior. I, I'm hesitant to, to really believe that too much because I, I think people love the social aspect of gyms. People love the thing, you know, things that you wouldn't actually want really to have in your house. I mean, you might want a squat rack, but probably not. Um, that's <laughs> right. huge. It takes up a lot of weight. If you're in your basement alone and there's a problem, that's bad. But I, I, I think that. 
people have really have been very, very creative. And in anything that you, know, you can do with minimal equipment is something that I think I think we're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of interest in, especially, you know, pull-ups, dips, push-ups, all these sort of body weight things. That's that's very popular. And there's been a lot of online chatter about that stuff as well as well as kettlebells. But I, I think you know, I, I think some of this will probably stay, but I, I do expect people to go back to gyms in in a big way after this. Yeah, I was gonna that was gonna be my last question to you, and we can kind of wrap it up there. But it was like the gonna be the lasting effects. Like you you opened our interview talking about the new habits that we could be developing. You know, like me, every hour I get a notification to do my ten push-ups, and I just do it because the floor is right there, and I've really trained myself in this new habit in. In a lot of ways, you know, even myself, but I'm sure countless people have been like, wow, I was paying a lot for a gym and it's pretty nice to just be able to do this at home. No commute, no things like that. So I'm curious. And I know the gyms are just struggling financially right now. I'm actually pretty certain the one I was a part of is going bankrupt from all of this. And so I, I'm really interested. I mean, you kind of touched on it, but maybe just to close out, what do you think things will look like when everything starts to open back up, whenever that is? You think gyms will go back to being a pretty popular spot, mostly for like things like community and the ability to do things like squat racks and stuff like that. There's just a huge need for it, even even after all this. Yeah, you, you got to think so. I mean, there's you can kind of see the discipline argument both ways that, yeah, I guess it's easier to do something if it's right, you know, 15 feet away from you. But it's also, you know, going somewhere else, especially, you know, let's say you have kids and you want to. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a time where you can have. Uninterrupted. I mean, I can't imagine you know trying to do a huge workout with some huge responsibility <laughs> next to you, um, asking you right. for things. Or, but I, I think you know. For, so for me personally, I I probably won't go back to the gym. I've come to really enjoy. And I'm, <laughs> this this program I'm doing is by this this Russian guy Pavel who popularized the kettlebell in the US called Simple and Sinister, which I recommend to people if they want something <laughs> easy. But what's what's actually been great about this as well as like things like sandbag training. I also made a sandbag from Home Depot gravel and like a burlap or canvas army surplus sack. But you know, this stuff is really good for for stuff that's functional. I was talking to my friend who's a trainer and he was saying that you know things like kettlebells and sandbags and, and and that kind of stuff it develops you know the old man strength the grip stuff and it actually lets you utilize the strength that you have after he was he was doing you know kind of all of these sorts of training stuff as well as you know having a lot of experience with normal you know olympic training and powerlifting and he was saying that this really lets you use the strength that you have really well it, you know maybe not brutal, you know, kind of brute force as strong as some of the other things, but I don't know. I think, I think everybody obviously is going to have a very different behavioral perspective. And I'm hoping to talk to some, some people as this kind of gets going to see where, where we are and what happens, but I don't know. I hope gyms, I hope gyms make it. I love gyms. And I think they, you know, I think that'd be a shame if we lost them. I agree. They serve a great purpose. I, last one last anecdote for anyone out there who's looking for a way to lift heavy weights at home. My brother he took a duffel bag and he filled this duffel bag full of books and every heavy thing he possibly could find. I think he actually put some weights in there 
And now he's doing deadlifts and squats with this this giant heavy duffel bag. So just an idea if you're looking to still lift heavy at home. <laughs> I love all the creative solutions that you know you've seen. There's a lot of I think Reddit and Twitter are filled with all these all these creative things people are doing, whether it's uh, you know squatting their kid in a baby Bjorn or yep. <laughs> or, uh, or filling a backpack full of books. But I, you know you love to see it. Yes, absolutely. Ethan Wolfman, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to A World Interrupted from Yahoo Finance. For more coverage on the coronavirus and its economic impact, make sure to watch our bell-to-bell live programming throughout the day. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review there. In the meantime, stay safe, take care of yourself, and we'll get through this.